0: the restriction started bleeding into other parts Mm -hmm. of my day. So like it started with lunch and I would still have like an apple with peanut butter in one of my classes as a snack. And I was, Mm -hmm. but I was like, Oh, that, you know, that it's close to lunchtime. Like that's fine. But it started bleeding into breakfast where I would make my bowl smaller and smaller for Mm -hmm. my cereal And then I started not being able to finish my cereal because I was restricting so much. And I would go to work every day after sports. And so no one kept tabs on me. I packed my own dinner. So like I would pack whatever I wanted, but there was no one there watching me or watching me at school. So it was easy for me to just be like, I'm not really hungry for this. Like, I'm just gonna not eat it. So what I started doing when my mom started noticing, hey, like you didn't eat your lunch or like, hey, you brought a lot of your dinner home. I I started throwing my food away mm-hmm. because I was smart, right? And mm-hmm. I thought she just doesn't understand. She doesn't understand I'm looking healthier. Like this is what my body needs. So I'm just going to do this for a little bit and it'll get her off of my tail and everything will be good. But it's a slippery slope. And those thoughts when you keep letting yourself say oh just just this is okay or like just a little bit less I'm just gonna run a little bit more that spirals into something more welcome to
1: compare to who the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living I'm your host Heather Creekmore I hate to admit this but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look Better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free, too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, Hey there, I'm Heather Creekmore. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast. I'm so glad that you are watching or listening today. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Amber, and she is one of my interns. And today she is here to help me launch a brand new shall I say section or genre, of work here at Compared to Who, where we're gonna be specifically talking to younger women. And I am super excited about this because I know my struggle was full throttle when I was in college. I know I get emails and messages through social media from students that are in high school and in college. And honestly, as a 40-something, I feel like I have a perspective on this issue that comes with some decades of experience and wisdom. And sometimes I don't know how to articulate my experience well for those people who are a lot younger than me. And so I am super excited to have Amber here to tell her story. And if you are in that category where you're like, well, I'm not a younger woman, hey, will you please just stay with us for this next 30 minutes or so? Because if you have a daughter, this is gonna be important for you. If you have a niece or a granddaughter, or if you work with young women at your church, this can be important for you. And so today, our conversation, we're just going to talk about what body image struggles look like in younger women, and Amber's going to share some of what she's gone through. And I'm just excited for our conversation today. So Amber, welcome to the Compared to show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I've never done anything like this before and I'm I'm excited. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so Amber
1: goes to my alma mater. It was Messiah College when I graduated. Now it's Messiah University, and I'll just be honest, that sounds weird and fake to me. I don't know. So, like, I can take that up with the administration there, I know, (laughs) but that just sounds weird to me, Um, but it's a a Christian college, part of, like, the, you know, the Wheatons and the Biolas and the Um, Westmonts, but it's a tremendous school. I had a fantastic experience there. I would send all of my children there if it were in any way closer to Texas, Um, but I I loved Messiah, and and so I, when I was looking for interns, I went back to my alma mater to find interns. Mm-hmm. And Amber, you just happen to have a story that related to all that we do at Compared to Who. So let's just start off before we dig into your story. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I am currently a senior at Messiah University, which also just sounds so crazy to say. And I am a public relations major. I mentioned that I'm a senior, so I'll be graduating in May. Um, I'm originally from the greater Philadelphia area, so about like two hours from here. I, I love writing. I love singing. I love Jesus. So it's been a great time. It's College has been a really transformational time for not only um, my professional life but especially my faith um, and my identity development so that's
1: awesome I mean
0: yeah
1: I don't know if you're an older person watching or listening today that doesn't always happen right college isn't mm-hmm. always
0: a transformational
1: time yeah. for for uh for spiritual health so mm-hmm. it's so encouraging to hear that amber but yeah. I know your struggle with body image mm-hmm. and some of those feelings of, am I enough? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to look different to be enough? Mm-hmm. I know that started even before you got to college. Yes. So would you share with us just a little bit about your journey? How old were you when it started and kind of what that looked like for you?
0: Sure. So growing up, I don't think I really thought about my body too much. Um, but I was definitely aware um, at a pretty young age. Um, I, my sister and I have very different. My older sister and I have very different body types, and so I often, I think, was compared to her just from other adults in our life. Um, while she was struggling through adolescence and you know high school, when the time when your body is changing a lot, when she was struggling through that time. I think I often was lumped in there as a part of her struggle because I was very skinny and, you know, I was a very active child, but I also had a really high metabolism. And so I didn't have to worry about what I ate or, you know, what I looked like. Um, And I think those comments really started the seed of comparison in my mind. And I started being aware, you know, oh, this this body is good. And this is desirable. And this is something that I should work to keep, or like, this is what this is what people want. Um hey,
1: So what kind of comments were those, Amber? Like what, what, just so we know, like, what, what kind of comments were you hearing?
0: Sure. Yeah. So I think I was hearing, well, this is probably also hard for her because, you know, her body is, is different from her younger sister. Like mm. she, she doesn't, have to worry about anything she's so skinny and beautiful and 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 beautiful and in, in the world's eyes obviously right like culture standard yeah right like obviously they were all christians so they were like oh but but it doesn't matter because you know beauty isn't isn't skin deep but um i'm trying to think of other comments that I got a lot. I got a lot of like, oh, it'll be so fun like when she is going to prom or like things like that. You'll you'll have so much fun picking out dresses because it won't be um it won't be about body struggle. It won't be mm. like a sad time. It'll be a really enjoyable time because everything will look good on her mm. and you know she'll have she'll just have a, a great time. Um and so the message received was This body, yeah, that I was beautiful and the skinny body that I had was what I should be keeping. And so what happened next? And so I think that that comparison was always kind of there for me growing up. I don't think it it got too bad until high school. Um, I transferred to a new high school and I didn't know anybody and everyone had come from like a more private um, school upbringing. And so they all knew each other for years. And I really, in trying to make friends, I think that is where I started to struggle with my confidence um, because making friends was not always the easiest for me. And so I was going to do everything I could to be like the best friend that you would want for mm-hmm. people. And I think that is also, I'm very perfectionistic. And so that is where my striving to be the best version of myself that I could be for others came into play and obviously comparing yourself to all of the new girls especially at that age was something that I started experiencing and there were new boys so that really you know that was the first time that I I met this guy when I first started going um, my freshman year and I was like I I really want to date this boy so like what can I do to date this boy, I want a boyfriend, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all that I can, Um, which sounds really like, uh, I don't know, not good right now, right? Like, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I know that now, obviously, I was a late bloomer. So my body did not start changing. I did not really hit puberty until like my sophomore year of high school. Um, And at that point I was dating this boy that I really wanted to date. So somehow I made that work out, but (laughs) um, no, but in all seriousness. Yeah. So I started dating this boy and um, my body started changing like late sophomore year. We started dating like, oh gosh, it was like February of my sophomore year. And I would say my body started changing, you know, like late months after that and into my junior year. Um, And during this time, I started going to the gym a lot with my sister over the summer, and that was when I got into like the best shape that I had ever been in. Um, I was exercising a lot and like trying to, to eat a little bit better, but honestly, at that point, I wasn't restricting my food intake yet. So my body started to change. I went into my junior year and I was like on top of the world. I had my friends. I had my boyfriend. And then everything started crumbling. Right. I had taken on way too many extracurriculars. Um, I was on the fast track to college. I had all of these honors and AP classes, and I was just spread way too thin. I now had a job after school, sports, you know, you name it, my schedule was filled. Um, And so was my friends, and so was my boyfriend. And so trying to even find time to balance between my friends who I felt like I wasn't as close with, and I really wanted to dig in and have those relationships that those those deep relationships that I was looking for, while also giving time to my boyfriend and everything else that I had on my plate, it was a lot. And I started having a lot of conflict in my friendships, um, and in my relationship. And I i didn't even have the time to like, deal with these things, right? I didn't even have the time for myself to to rest or to get the right amount of sleep or to eat. And so that is also where my restrictive eating started. It started with me skipping lunch purely because I just didn't have the time I was Mm -hmm. going to so many meetings and different clubs Mm -hmm. and groups and like trying to you know juggle everything that I was like okay there's just not time for this today like it's fine you know if I miss one meal whatever like it's it's okay that was my mindset for the first you know little bit of time maybe it was like one I think it was a stretch of like one week where I was just extremely busy for some reason but then during this time I was also running a lot because that was always my stress relief Mm -hmm. and so you know the more stressed I was the more dedicated I was to being like oh I need to run like I need to get this stress out I need to just like decompress and so I was running a lot and not eating the appropriate amount of food and I started to notice the body changes that I had with my hips getting wider or like my my thighs I thought my thighs were too big and my face was too round. Um, I started noticing like my body was toning and I was slimming Mm -hmm. down. And I, then I started thinking, oh, well, maybe I should be skipping lunch. Like I'm looking Mm -hmm. healthier. I'm looking a lot better. Like maybe I should keep running like as much as I am. And like, you know, just eating, eating less. I'm looking in my mind, I was looking healthier Mm -hmm. and Um, I forgot to mention that as my body was changing, I did start feeling like I was fat and I needed to lose weight. And it's really sad. Like if I could show you a picture of what I looked like back then, I was not at all, Mm
1: -hmm. I did
0: not at all need to lose weight. I do think I struggled with body dysmorphia. Like when I looked in the mirror, I saw someone who, who had fat and needed to lose it. I would make comments a lot about how, like, to my mom or, like, other people about how I needed to start dieting, I felt like. Or I needed to start eating healthier. I needed to lose, you know, 10 pounds. And she was always very, like, what are you talking about? Like, you are not fat. Don't say those things about yourself. But I really didn't see that. And I vividly remember this conversation I had with one of my friends. We were standing waiting for the school bus, and she made a comment in our circle of like four girls that were standing there about how she was the only one that didn't have a thigh gap. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I was so upset. I was like, What do you mean? I like turned to her and, you know, like proceeded to show her I did not have a thigh gap. Mm -hmm. And then was really upset. Like, why would she say that when she can clearly see that my legs are fat? Like, she's just trying to make me feel bad. Like, I genuinely believed that my legs were just like enormous. And in reality, they weren't. And so I think that's something that I've learned over the years that is scary and also sad that we can have such a distorted view of ourselves. Back to my junior year, um, as everything was getting crazy and I was spread too thin and was really stressed and things were not going well with my boyfriend and there were a lot of red flags I didn't see because I just had those love blinders on of like <laughs> like he's amazing and and anything that I'm thinking it's just like me needing to do more so like he would go and like talk to other girls about about me about our relationship and like not come to me and I just thought like oh I just need to be you know more reassuring and open so that he feels like he can come to me Mm -hmm. Um, and it was things like that where I always put it on myself of like I just need to be doing more like I'm not good enough otherwise this wouldn't be happening and as (laughs) I was desperately trying to hold on as this relationship was falling apart I felt like you know what, I'm just not pretty enough, like my body that has changed, like, that's the reason he's going to other girls. That's the reason like we're growing distant. It's on me. So I am just going to to keep exercising. Like now I feel like I'm looking better. So I'll just I'll just restrict my food even more. And I don't think necessarily actually, that was a thought that I had. But the restriction started bleeding into other Mm -hmm. parts of my day so like it started with lunch and I would still have like an apple with peanut butter in one of my classes as a snack and I was Mm -hmm. but I was like oh that you know that it's close to lunchtime like that's fine but it started bleeding into breakfast where I would make my bowl smaller and smaller for Mm -hmm. my cereal and then I started not being able to finish my cereal because I was restricting so much Mm -hmm. um And, and I would go to work every day after sports. And so no one kept tabs on me, I packed my own dinner. So like, I would pack whatever I wanted. But there was no one there watching me or watching me at school. So it was easy for me to just be like, I'm not really hungry for this. Like, I'm just gonna not eat it. So what I started doing when my mom started noticing, hey, like you didn't eat your lunch, or like, hey, you brought a lot of your dinner home, I I started throwing my food away Mm -hmm. because I was smart. Right. And Mm -hmm. I thought she just doesn't understand. Like Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand. I'm, I'm looking healthier. Like this is what my body needs. So I'm just going to do this for a little bit and it'll get, you know, get her off of my radar and tail and everything will be good, but it's a slippery slope. And those thoughts, when you keep, letting yourself say oh just just this is okay or like just a little bit less I'm just gonna run a little bit more that spirals into something more that you don't even you don't even realize until you've reached a point where where it's so unhealthy and I came to that point then at the end of my junior year of high school and it was actually a conversation with my mom where um she just didn't recognize me anymore Mm -hmm. and what's crazy is I realized in that moment I didn't recognize myself anymore. Like when mm-hmm. I looked in the mirror, it wasn't just me physically that I didn't recognize the person staring back at me, but I also just, I was so depressed. I was su- in such a place of deep darkness. And I had let all of these things, pride, vanity, all of these things take over my beautiful insides too, mm-hmm. that now. I didn't recognize the girl staring back at me. And so in that moment, it was a choice of, am I going to get help? Am I going to make a change? Or am I going to continue the path that I'm on right now? And so I I decided that I was going to make a change. And so I broke up with my boyfriend. I took a step back from my friends. And I really started focusing on my relationship with God and also my schoolwork because I needed to to make it through that year to the summer till I could take a break, which is what I did. I took a break and then I pared down some of my extracurriculars for my next year. And it has not been smooth sailing, has not been perfect in college now. I've st- I'm still obviously on this journey and I do find moments where I'm thinking unhealthy thoughts or thinking about, you know, like, oh, I really need to like, restrict what I eat tomorrow because I had so much junk food today or like I need to do a harder workout to burn off all that I just ate so it's not a perfect straight path but I can look back now and see that I have come so far and my relationship with God and a lot of reflection talking with friends um, has all helped me do that.
1: Are you tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out compare online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, peace, and rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. That's really interesting because you know that word health, like health is good. Health is always good. Like, oh, I'm just being healthy. And I think it's really important if you're watching or listening today to know, okay, first of all, yes, a lot of people do that. A lot Mm -hmm. of us use that code word health, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, to hide some of our restrictive behaviors, some of our disordered eating behaviors, all those things. But I think it's important to hear how that looked in Amber's life for a high school girl, Mm -hmm. right? Because even at your age, you Mm -hmm. knew health was a good thing, but that Mm -hmm. actually wasn't health. Right. right. Like there was a lot of unhealthy right. stuff behind that. So like right. skipping the bun,
0: it's not always <laughs> health, right. You know, right. I mean,
1: and so like, it's just really, I think it's just a good, like wake up call mm-hmm. for us to stop convoluting those terms. Because a lot of women have some sort of disordered eating in their Mm -hmm. past and are Mm -hmm. using health as a shield to cover stuff up and so mm-hmm. I just I think that that's that's really important and then it is interesting because I, I you know I kind of wondered like okay if you're getting a lot of reinforcement I know that happens for a lot of women who lose weight and it sounds like you probably didn't right. have like right. weight to lose but mm-hmm. women who lose weight even you know in high school lose weight and right. then all of a sudden all the compliments start coming in right. and then the restriction continues right because this right. feels really awesome like everyone's noticing me I'm getting hotter right. quote-unquote
0: mm-hmm. and you know
1: and then it's just like this spiral keeps going right, right? because I need more compliments and you know right. everyone's got used to me at this size right. so I need I need to do something more dramatic to get to a, the next smaller size. So more right. compliments come in. That's, I think, just another thing to be aware of, you know, when watching your younger girls or if you are a teen, just your your friends. It may not be healthy for you to be telling your friend how great she looks because she just dropped, <laughs> dropped right. 10 pounds. And actually, your friend may need someone to encourage her out of some eating disorder, disordered eating behavior. So I think, mm-hmm. I think those are really good
0: things to be aware of also not getting the affirmation was part of what kept motivating me to going, especially with my boyfriend at the time, because that was sort of what motivated me to start. Am I pretty enough for him now? I must not be. So I need to be, you know, working on myself and losing this weight. And I think as things got worse in that relationship, I just was like, I need to keep going. Like I need to get back to that place of being pretty enough where he will he will say I'm beautiful affirm or you, yeah. or right affirm me or like talk to me and not to other girl like mm-hmm. you know invest in his girlfriend right right so so I think that probably all played a part for me even though I wasn't receiving the affirmation from other people I think it was the lack of affirmation from him that really that makes sense kept my restriction and disordered eating going. That absolutely makes sense. And so how did you get help? What did you do? Yeah. So I, I didn't get help in the sense of going to actually like see anybody. Like I didn't go and see a nutritionist or anything. Um, I think really, I'm close to my family and I'm close with my parents. And when my mom, she actually asked me when I was in this conversation with her, she was like, are you doing drugs? Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, mom, what? Like, you know, you know, I would never do that. Like, uh, for me, that was, that was such a moment of like, I am that unrecognizable to my mother that she is now wondering if I'm doing these things that, that she should know I would never, mm. never get into. Huh. And I was at a point where I knew that I wasn't okay. I was so physically and emotionally, mentally, spiritually just drained, just wiped out. Like I had nothing left to give anyone. And I realized that I just couldn't keep doing what I was doing. Right. And in terms of eating, I think I would have kept restricting and going on that path had it not been for my mom keeping a closer watch eye on me. Then she definitely talked with my older sister because she was graduating. So she was going to be home with me. So like, she told her and she definitely told like some of her friends, I think, too, because I started to notice them being like, oh, like we should like if they were around, they'd be like, oh, let's like eat this together for lunch. And they would want to support me in that way. And it was and we never had that conversation because I was in such a I was still in a place of denial of like, no, I I have this under control. Like, I don't have an eating disorder because I am still eating. So I'm not anorexic. I'm not throwing it up or any, or taking laxatives. So I'm not bulimic and I'm not binge eating. So like, I don't have an eating disorder. Like you guys are overreacting. It's the place that I was coming from. And it took me, you know, more years and time to come to, accept I did have an eating disorder and that it's not just those specific boxes that you have to check in order to have one, which I also think is something that, girls don't really know or realize. Mm-hmm. I think we're taught those three ones that I just spoke about. And right. so we often think, oh, I mean, I don't check those boxes. So like, yeah, I'm fine. Like I don't have unhealthy habits. I don't, I don't have unhealthy thoughts. Um, but in terms of help, you're wondering what changed, right? Like, how did I, how did I come to not be doing what I was doing? Really, it's gonna sound so cliche, but I really focused on my relationship with God. Like at that point, I felt so distant from him. And I really was was wrestling with my faith of like, God, I I know everyone says like, you never leave us alone. And you're good and faithful. But like, I don't even feel you. I don't know where you are. My world has completely fallen apart. I felt like I was losing everything or like I had lost everything and and I didn't feel him there and so you know I did the things I felt like I needed to do I I broke up with my boyfriend that was not healthy which back then I didn't know that you know I still okay. as I was going to break up with him was like is this what I should do like if he, the affirmation that I needed the break of summertime that I reached was really good for me to spend time with my family and spend time with God. And I really just had to surrender myself every day over and over again when I woke up in the when I would wake up in the morning and let him change my heart and transform me in a way that I would have never imagined because I did mention how looking back now I could see like I had issues of pride and vanity and things. My identity was in my appearance. Mm-hmm. It was in how people were treating me. Mm-hmm. It was in my success in my schoolwork, in my jobs, in my achievements. I was looking for my worth in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. And I needed to come to learn that that I was doing those things and that Ultimately, my identity is in Christ. It's not in any of those other things. It's not in my outward appearance. It's not not in my relationships because people are always going to, you know, hurt us at times or disappoint us. God's the only one who is constant and faithful and is perfect in that and in loving us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that, Amber. Yeah hey heather here if you are loving what you hear on this podcast but feel like you could use just a little bit more help in getting free from body image and comparison issues I have an idea for you. Let's work together. There are several different ways you can do this. You can join our Refocus online group. It's happening on my website a few times a year. Or you can sign up for group or individual coaching. I love helping women find freedom. Our time together won't be about your food or your exercise habits necessarily. Instead, we'll dig into what's really going on in your heart. Almost all the issues we struggle with in life have a spiritual root. And that's what I want to help you uncover. Go to compare whome and look for the coaching tab to find out more. Okay, so you're getting ready to graduate from college. And mm-hmm. I mean, brass tacks, yeah. college is a much different experience for you than it was for me. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have cell phones when I was in college, mm-hmm. you know, back mm-hmm. when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Uh huh. Sure. And so, you know, <laughs> yes. there's the whole selfies thing, mm-hmm. there's the whole social media social thing. Social media what are you seeing amongst your peers girls and you're an ra right Mm -hmm. so you've got some girls that are leading so what do you see amongst girls you know just your age how intense is this struggle do you feel like it's it's more intense even, I mean, I guess there was social media when you were in high school too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were allowed to use it then or, you know, Mm -hmm. probably different different parameters as a college student than a high school student, I'm sure. But how do you see this affecting women your age?
0: I really have come to realize how much I dislike social media. Mm -hmm. It is just a grounds for comparison and I know that there has been you know the movements recently of like being real and authentic Mm -hmm. and and you know not all these pictures you see are necessarily real like they're posed and you know like everyone's coming out and showing like this was me like five minutes and before Uh this picture happened Uh and so there has been like that aspect happening but I still I think that that honestly has made it even worse for people because I have seen so much, even in in some of my close friends that I know and have been with at college, the damaging effects of the endless highlight reel Mm -hmm. scroll Mm -hmm. of seeing all the girls, and especially at a Christian college, seeing all of these Christian girls that are not only beautiful on the outside, but on the inside. And so they feel like, well, she's more pretty on me on the outside. So how am I ever going to find a boyfriend? Or mm-hmm. some people are thinking husband at this mm-hmm. point in their life, especially on Christian colleges. The, yeah. ring, by spri- <laughs> the ring by spring are your money is back. <laughs> real. It is real. Um, But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> I think that social media has changed the game and has really Mm. made it worse and I think that a lot of girls don't even quite realize how much of a hold or grip it it Mm. does have on them and how much it does affect their thoughts about themselves in negative ways I personally have deleted social media Mm -hmm. I've been on and off doing it this year but then for Lent I was like I'm deleting this and like keeping (laughs) it deleted and I just did Instagram because honestly that is the largest one I think Mm -hmm. in girls our age because it is just it's just pictures Mm -hmm. like there are little captions but the main reason you're posting on there is pictures Mm -hmm. and we're pretty much moving away from Facebook so like Mm -hmm. I kept my Facebook for you know like internships and classes and things Mm. that we need but that honestly isn't a problem like I'll find Instagram to be more of a problem for me and so I deleted it and it has been the most freeing feeling Mm. I do miss I mean there's always the aspects of missing like keeping up with certain people and like seeing Mm. what they're up to like the fact that we have the technology to do that is Mm. really cool but it has been so freeing in terms of just not needing to see what people are posting. Right. I don't need to see them in that bathing suit or in right. that crop top outfit, which I don't wear crop tops, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, but Regardless. So I don't need to see these perfectly posed mm-hmm. and beautiful girls and see all of the things that I'm insecure about. And the, what I want in someone else.
1: Yeah.
0: I just don't need to fill my head with those thoughts. I don't need to I don't need to even engage that. And that has been it's been so good for me. Good. Okay. Yeah.
1: So do you see this is just like total random? I didn't prepare you for this in any way. Sure. But like I'm ready. Well, I go to the beach sometimes mm-hmm. in the summer and I see girls trying to do their own photo shoot. And they're taking mm-hmm. probably, you know, hundreds uh-huh. of pictures trying to get, to get the just perfect. the perfect one. Like, right. is that
0: something you kind of in life? Uh-huh. Yes. And actually, I will say that I did that in high school, mm-hmm. right? Like when I was reaching that point of feeling really like confident and I was had my boyfriend and I was feeling really good about my body, I started doing that. That was like around the time that I got my Instagram account. And so okay. obviously it was like very exciting and new, yeah. but I would like go places and I would be like, oh, I need to get a picture for Instagram. And it like became mm-hmm. a running joke in my family where like, they would literally be like, oh, Amber needs her picture. Like uh-huh. let's get." Which was obviously, it wasn't like bad, I guess, but it wasn't good. Like they were yeah. joking about it, sure. but I would go places and like my first thought would be like oh where am I gonna get like a cute picture like Mm -hmm. I look cute I dressed like cute today Mm -hmm. and it's fun to share what you know you're doing or where you're at like the activities you're doing and it started out harmless like it did start out in that way of like oh this is this is just fun I'm just trying to show my friends like what I'm up to but I think vanity is funny like that and mm-hmm. that it seems innocent at first and, and it creeps up on you and yeah. I never saw it coming. And I really do feel like that is what was bred inside of me mm-hmm. and I needed to post, like mm-hmm. if I was going somewhere, I needed to post so that people would see and would like it and I would get that fake affirmation, yeah, right? A little fix.
1: Yeah. huh looking back you could say something encouraging to the Mm. 16 year old you what would those words be so i think there's a couple ways Mm -hmm. that parents or educators or youth group leaders like we try to approach it with like the oh it's what's on the inside that counts. Why are you worried about, Mm -hmm. you know, that? Or, oh, you have a beauty that shines through. You don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about your physical beauty. Or even the, like, you look fine. Like, you look great. Mm -hmm. Like, you're Mm -hmm. thinner than everyone else here. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you worrying about? So, like, there's different ways that I think we try to approach it that aren't necessarily super effective. Is there a message that you think may have gotten through to you more than other messages? Or is it just a journey... You have to be ready to hear truth. What do you think?
0: Mm, that's a great question. We talked about this a little bit, but tilting our mirrors, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that really helped me in college, um, in college when I was still, you know, struggling with some of these things, I opened up in just like a random conversation with one of my friends. I opened up about, how I really just had this like deep self-hatred and now it wasn't just like my body it was other things but but my body was one of them right and this friend sat with me and prayed for me and prayed in such a way as to say like when she looks in the mirror God no longer will she see her flaws or imperfections but that she would see what you see And what I see, a beautiful daughter running to her father, the king of glory and majesty who created her. They prayed that I would just see God reflected through my living body and see his glory revealed. And it sounds crazy, but like it worked for a while. Like all I could see when I looked in the mirror was me as a little girl, just mm. running to the father, mm. and obviously that faded eventually. But like by the time that that did, I had learned to see God's glory revealed through myself. Yeah. And so this this message of like our mirror image being too flat, which is something that we've talked about. If you tilt, if you tilt your mirror upwards. You're reflecting God, right? right and right. you can finally see what He's seeing—that we're made in His right. image to reflect Him, right? And we're and we're placed on this earth to be His image bearer. And when we focus on tilting our mirror up, all the focus is off of our outward appearance,
1: Absolutely. and it's
0: reminding us what truly matters is that our purpose is to glorify Him. And be reflecting him to others. And and it's not about worldly beauty. It doesn't yeah. matter. I think if I could tell something to my 16-year-old self, that's what I would tell her. Your love and your worth doesn't come from others. It doesn't come from what you look like. It comes from the father. And you're worrying too much about what you look like. You need to be fixing your eyes on him, not on what you right. see in the mirror. Yeah. I'm glad you adapted that mirror tilt exercise. Yes. yes. I haven't,
1: if you're watching on YouTube, there's another there's a video called the mirror tilt exercise that you can mm-hmm. watch. Um yes. doing that for I think it's a speaking engagement I was at right mm-hmm. today. But um yes. but yeah, I think that that's awesome. That and that,
0: when you shared that with me, that's I realized it just fit so well with that story. It was like I didn't even realize that was something that this friend was helping me awesome. see. But Yeah. And,
1: yeah. you know, the other thing I hear in your friend's story, and mm-hmm. I just did an interview with a woman about pornography and mm. and women and how especially among women mm-hmm. like your age, that's becoming an increasing problem. And that was kind of the bottom, one of the bottom lines that came out of that interview too was community and just opening Mm -hmm. up to someone. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like in your story too, that's a key part. Like just not being afraid to tell someone you're struggling with this. Mm -hmm. Like I never told anyone I was struggling with it, partially because I don't think I knew that I was struggling with it. I just thought I was normal. I thought that every girl had the same like conversation about food and exercise and how her body looked in her head all day every day like I just thought well that's how we all are and I didn't realize that it was even possible Mm -hmm. to be free from that and to not to have the capacity to think about other things (laughs) like that was Mm -hmm. that was a newsflash to me so I love though that that part of your story is opening up and, and not being afraid to share that. I mean, that took some courage mm-hmm. to say that out loud, but how much freedom that got you in return. I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, Amber has been writing a series just specifically designed for college and high school girls. Mm -hmm. So if you are in that demographic, if you know someone in that demographic, it should be live on the blog by the time this episode airs. And so I would highly encourage you to go check out what she's written. A lot Mm -hmm. of encouragement there or check it out and pass it on to someone you know that's in that age bracket because we know that women in this age range are struggling Mm -hmm. with these issues Mm -hmm. and so our hope is to just encourage them, and then you read my book. You read compared I to did. who, and mm-hmm. and you thought it resonated with you, even though like I'm an old lady compared mm-hmm. to you. Uh, yes, <laughs> so, compared to who? Compared <laughs> <laughs> to you. Um, so you know there there might be a, a, an opportunity for um, for you to check out those resources as well. If you know someone in this age struggling, it might be. A book that you want to check out for for a girl who's mm-hmm. in her teens or 20s even though it's not specifically written for girls in their teens or 20s there may be something to be gleaned from it so that's um compared to you and that's available on amazon or you can find out more about compared to on my site and then last thing mm-hmm. i this is something that you know i've been kind of talking to god about but if mm-hmm. if you're a mom with a daughter in this age bracket and you want to do coaching for you and your daughter Um, or maybe some coaching with you and then some coaching with your daughter. Um, I'm available to do that. So uh so reach out to me, Heather at compare and let's talk about that. Because I really do have a heart to see women Amber's age get free and not have to struggle through their 20s or not marry the wrong guy because they were so desperate for affirmation and struggle in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm there, you know, there's all different different ways that this ed stuff and body dysmorphic disorder and all these things there's all these different ways that they affect our lives and our futures and so um finding freedom is so important so amber thank you thanks for sharing your story thanks for your willingness to be bold and courageous and vulnerable and 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 speak into these issues and i really can't wait to see how god uses everything you've Written, you know, to see how God continues to use you. So, yeah, thank, thank you, you so
0: much for this opportunity.
1: Well, great. And thank Thanks. you for watching or for listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye bye. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andrus, the host of the Messenger Movement podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.